Hey, welcome to episode number 35 of the Debt-Free Dad podcast. You know, money habits and behaviors are learned at a very young age. That means as parents, the way we handle our money directly affects our kids. Yeah, I'm sorry, parents out there, but it is the truth. And today, we are going to be sharing tips to help you teach your kids a lot of the basic money principles that will help them succeed as adults. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Debt-Free Dad Podcast, where we're helping normal, everyday people learn how to save money and kick debt so they can live a happier and stress-free life. Now, here's your host, Debt-Free Dad, Brad Nelson. Hey, hey, what is going on, everybody? You can find me on Facebook, Pinterest, YouTube, or Instagram. Just search Brad Nelson, Debt-Free Dad, and welcome to today's show. Now, not only do we have to teach our kids about money, but guys, I just found out that we are doing virtual learning to start school. (laughs) I am not excited to to have to add on more school stuff here to this. Are your kids, Ryan, are your kids doing virtual learning? Uh, Yeah, it was just announced this week. The first three weeks for sure will be, I think they're going to school like one or two days a week and then the rest of it is at home. Now you guys just now you guys start school very next, soon, right? Next Wednesday. Yeah. So like, early, but when we're recording this, it's actually August fourth. We're recording this on, and so they he's in Tennessee. They go back a little bit earlier. Now my my son doesn't start school until after Labor Day. When do they start school up by you, Amber? Same thing after Labor Day. After Labor Day. Yeah. yeah. And as of now, they're all they're all going back. Are they really? As of now, elementary school is going back regular, and then high schools will be every other day and, and uh, online. Okay. All right. Yeah. Right now, I think they've, I can't remember what they decided. They, I think they said it first quarter, I think for us, but I'm, I'm not optimistic. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. It, it could change. <laughs> yeah. I'm not optimistic. I think it's going to be longer than that, but, uh, but we'll see. But anyways, so last episode, we talked all about whether or not personal finance should be taught in schools. And we had a really good discussion about that. And if you're one of these fans or, or people out there that believe that personal finance should be taught in schools, we also agree with you, but we also think a bigger part of it is really needs to be taught at home. And that's what we're going to be talking about today is how can you start talking and teaching your kids or talking to your kids and teaching your kids some of these uh, basic ideas that we talk about on today's show. And Believe it or not, it's it's really not that difficult. It really isn't. And and I think to to kick this off here, guys, I think the number one thing we have to do as parents is just be willing to talk to our kids about money. I think that conversation, there needs to be open dialogue there. Now, uh, Ryan, maybe you can remember this as kids, but for some reason, I remember our parents and, and even not just our parents, but other people. And again, we grew up kind of in the 80s, but... Um, I always remember hearing that it was impolite to talk about money or to talk about the subject of money. Um, and and for me, as I grew up as an adult, I think I carried that mindset with me. And it was really hard for me to talk about it with other people because that's what people told us. But really, that's not the truth. We should be having open discussions about money with our kids. I think with our kids, 100%, you need to be having those open discussions. But I do think that our society still is very much this way. I think I think it's uh, um, to talk about, I mean, if I came to you and said, hey, I want to 
get on a diet and lose 20 pounds, I'd have a crowd around me to help me do that. But if I said, Hey, I want to get out of debt and not spend a lot of money still to this day, you probably will have hear a lot of crickets and a lot of weird looks like, well, you're, that's not going to happen. Um, <laughs> you know, so it, it's just, it is, I do think that still to this day, the society is like, you just don't, that's just one of the things you don't bring up. Oh, definitely. I mean, going through some financial stuff right now, my mom came up to me and she goes, Oh, asked a question. She goes, Oh, wait, you don't have to tell me that. I'm like, no, that's okay. I don't mind. <laughs> because she was asking me about some finances and stuff. And I was like, I'll, I'm open. I'll tell you. But it's, it is. It's still that taboo topic. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's it's just really important to make sure that you have that open dialogue with your kids, that it's that it isn't impolite to talk about money. Um, you know, now, are there things that are impolite to do, like asking somebody how much they make and things like that? Well, sure. There's <laughs> there's probably some boundaries and things that you want to teach your kids. But but having just open discussions about money is should should be kind of the rule of thumb in your family to get this thing started. And that's the only way kind of some of the stuff that we're going to talk about here in today's show that's really going to work. I think one of the things when it comes to talking about money, though, when you're communicating, make sure you watch out for negative mindset type language, though. So things like if you are in the store and your child asks for something and your response isn't no, but instead it's we're broke, we can't afford that. Um, or when you talk about or your child talks about, you know, maybe they ask the question of, you know, how do you get rich or how do you build wealth or retire and have a lot of money or or things like that. And and if you bounce back and, and have that mindset of, well, money's just evil and it'll make you a rotten person. And, and if you project that on them, that's only going to create that negative mindset in them as well. So I, I strongly recommend you watch out for any of that negative mindset language when you talk with your kids about money, because if they hear it, they're going to start thinking it as they get older. And that's going to begin to be their relationship with money. Definitely. There's ways to go around that without saying we're broke too. If they're, let's say, asking for something in the store, you could give them that those options. Okay, we could get this, but then we can't get that. Like there's different ways to approach it and just to make them see the bigger picture of you can't have it all, but we can choose between certain things. I agree with that. I, and I, growing up, I used to hear a lot of too of of uh, you know you you never we're never going to get ahead, you know. Well, um, you'll always have a credit card. I mean, it doesn't matter. I mean, I I do something, and no matter what I do, I pay that off, and sure enough, I end up having to use it again. So that sort of stuff too is some of that negative feedback and mindset that you can kind of, I just remember that very much when I got a credit card, my very first one, I just thought that's what you did. Cause I just remember hearing that a lot. Like you'll always have one. Oh, well, if you'll always have one, I might as well get a few of them. <laughs> 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 yep. Been there, done that myself. No question. <laughs> um, the other thing when it comes to having these discussions too, is that, and as I mentioned that, you know, teaching your kids about this stuff, isn't always hard or difficult. Very much like Amber said, you know, watch and look for appropriate teachable moments. So instead, you know, if your child asks for something in the store while you're there, instead of saying, hey, we're broke, how about, nope, it's just not in the budget or the plan this month, which means that you're being an adult, you have a plan and, and there's a reason why you're not, you're saying no, not, you're saying no because you're broke and you can't afford it. You're choosing to not afford it. You're choosing not to make that purchase because there's other things that are more of a priority. And and then having, you know, the discussion with them, again, age-appropriate discussion with them based on their age on how that kind of fits into your overall finances. And, and again, you'll find these moments 
all the time. I, I have him all the time with our son. And he's probably so sick and tired of me talking to him about money. <laughs> <laughs> but still, I'm going to do it because I'm going to be his best teacher. I'm going to be his best example. I think the, the other thing we got to make sure that we talk to our kids about too is, is we've got to really inform them on where does money really come from. Uh, guys, I so just this past weekend, we're driving home from camping and, and Noah's watching a little uh, YouTube uh, show that he watches on his computer. And I overheard them talking about buying a $70,000 pizza. And they were going to try this. And I've never heard of this show. I don't even know. What I, I don't know what they were doing on the show, but I was just overhearing a lot of the stuff they were talking about. And I don't know what the purpose of the show was, but he ended up saying that, well, they, they bought this pizza because they wanted to share it with their friends. And, and I said, the pizza was $70,000. And he's like, yeah. I'm like, this was, again, a very teachable moment. It's like, dude, I just want you to know that that's not real life, all right? <laughs> you have to make a distinction. It's like, there are very few people who could buy a $70,000 pizza. But I wanted to make sure that he understood, like, that's not normal. Like when you become an adult and at 10, you know, he's at that age where, you know, he believes a lot of different things right now, right? He's very impressionable. So it's like, I wanted to sit him down and have that discussion with him. Like, look, your friends aren't going to take you out for a $70,000 pizza. And when you become like in your early twenties, you're more than likely not going to drive a Lamborghini like these guys are. So, you know, those things just aren't going to happen. But here's where money really comes from, right? It comes from hard work. It comes from getting a job and, and this is what's probably more realistic, right? So, um, you know, having those discussions with him, same thing with like when you go to an ATM and you get money taken out of the ATM, especially for young kids, you know, that's easy to say, oh, yeah. oh, oh, you just go to the ATM, you just get more money out. And it's like, well, no, that's not really quite how it works, right? It's not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A little girl I would babysat when I was younger thought that she did ask her parents, well, why can't you just go get more money out of that machine? So it's true. Little kids think that. Yep. One of the things that we used to do with, with Noah is... Um, especially when we started running our own businesses, my, my wife runs her own business and I run my own business. And when we pay ourselves, we would actually physically go to the bank and we would take the cash out so he could hold it. Like he could hold all that money and he could see what it looks like. And I see, and I would tell him, I said, you know, all those times that dad does his meetings and he's on those calls and he's working on his business and he does, that's where this money comes from. It doesn't just come from the bank. This money was created from hard work. So speaking of hard work, I think it's really important also to, you know, give your kids age appropriate work so they can learn to actually earn money for themselves and that the money just isn't given to them. Amber, do you remember the statistic? We shared this not too long ago. I don't think we, did we share that on this podcast? It was like the average allowance for a child was like some like 65 to $70 or something like that. I feel like that might've been a fact or fiction. Yeah. It was like a fact or fiction we shared on our Facebook group and I couldn't remember. Was it sixty-five or seventy? It wasn't sixty it was, or five seventy. It was close to sixty dollars at least. Yeah, but it was a month, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, sixty. So yeah, sixty dollars a month. So what, what what I'm saying is that rather than just hand them sixty dollars, let's instead maybe incentivize the sixty dollars and saying, what are some things that you could do? Again, age appropriate that you could do to earn maybe not sixty dollars, but earn a certain amount of dollars per week or per month. That way they start to earn the, you know, they learn the value of hard work and hard work equals money. 
you know, so like one of some of the critical, you know, some, I wouldn't say critical, but one of the big things I used to do with our kids for teaching them some of these concepts, especially when it comes to like saving and spending money, um, is if they wanted something, you know, it's not that we would never buy it for them, but I'd always, I'd always challenge them with, if, if this was your money, do you, would you buy it? Like if you got a hundred dollars for your birthday, would you go out and spend $50 on this right now? And a lot of times they'd think about it and be like, I don't want it. Cause they only want it. Cause it's the money, you know, when, with the money that I want, that I want to spend. Right. Um, so when I think about teaching some of those concepts early, it's just trying to show them the value of, you know, think of this as your money. Yes. It's, you know, it, it's easy to say you want this, but if you actually have to hand over the money that you have in your wallet right now, how badly do you want this thing? And most of the time, just like we teach in our stuff, think about it, give it 24 hours. And like, if you really, really want it that bad, I'm not saying we wouldn't do it. I'm just saying, I'm not going to just buy it for you because you want it today. Like think through that. You know, if you give me 50 bucks for it, I'll go buy it for you. And a lot of times it's like, yeah, I don't think I want to do that. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that's fantastic. And and also when when they're making their own money too, you can start to implement and teach them just basic budgeting principles as well. You know, like like Ryan, you said saving up for something or something that they wanted to buy. You know, it's like getting them in the habit of, okay, you want this fifty dollar item or whatever it's gonna be, and this is what you get paid based on the work that you're doing. Here's how much you need to budget for every month to save up and buy that item. So you could see kind of how some of the basic principles and things that we're teaching that we use as adults can easily be uh, kind of dummy down in a way that kids will understand them and then they can start using the principles as well. Uh, Ryan, maybe you could talk to this next point, but I don't know how much how much of this you do with your kids because your kids are older than mine. I mean, Noah's only going to be 11 this year, but I think it's really important to also share uh, your financial life with your kids. And why I want why I want to do this for my kid is because my parents really didn't do this for me. I, I I mean, they, they would do like 30,000 foot level stuff. They would, but they would never really sit down and, you know, when I, when it was age appropriate, like when I was getting to my teenage years, 16, 17, 18 years old, and, and actually they wouldn't sit me down and look at what they did for retirement and investing and how that worked over the years and what that looked like and, and how they did it through work. It was more or less just, you need to save money for retirement. Okay, well, well, why? Okay, so for me, as my kids get older, I want to make sure that I'm sitting them down and I'm showing them what our financial life looks like, what it costs to run a household, what it costs for things like insurance, what it costs for things like food and groceries and utilities and vehicles and um, you know all of these things that are a part of life. And not only just showing them what they cost, but why do you want some of these elements, especially when it comes to things like insurance and, and all these different things in your life and how they work. I think those are really important concepts, especially as they get older and really getting closer to that 18 year old age. Yeah. We're having a lot of fun conversations right now with our oldest. (laughs) Just he's, you know, he's 20, he'll be 21 next year. And you know, he's, he's really getting the itch, you know, he doesn't, he just, he wants to leave, you know, I and mean, we all remember how that feels. You're still living with mom and dad. You want your own life, but yeah, right. still got to live here. And uh, so we're having, I mean, we're going through this right now about showing him our financial life. We've been doing that for a while, but now we're also having to help teach him these different things. You know, right now there's a big market. I didn't know some of these things. There's a market, I guess, for limited edition Nike shoes. You can get on a list 
And as they release these limited edition shoes, if you get picked like a lottery, then you can buy them. They're like a couple hundred dollars for a pair of shoes. And so he's really into this and he's always telling us about how I'm going to buy a pair of shoes and buy a pair of shoes. And so we have really been starting to like kind of talk through like, like we've not done a great job of sitting down and saying, let me just walk you through like a, a budget, like just what we spend, like what we actually spend to run the house, you know? And I, it's been funny because he looks at it. He's just like, no, you know, cause he's just realizing <laughs> it's like that $200 pair of shoes. I'm not saying you can't do it, but you're going to maybe only be able to do that once a year, you know, when you have <laughs> your own place and you have all your own expenses. Like we are starting to walk through all that with him and make him understand, you know, Hey, if you want to leave, Hey, I'm fine, but you got to know what this is really going to cost you and what it takes. And like you said, I think that's important too, is for us, we did not have any concept of like life insurance and um, investing in our 401ks and all that sort of stuff. Early on, it was just more about house payment, gas, electric, you know, groceries, the basic necessities, and then, Hey, I can spend the rest of it. And we didn't really think about all these other things that really responsibly you should be investing in doing. And it's not just about paying just your monthly bills, making sure that you're protecting your family and everything is, is important. Yeah, absolutely. Our daughter's on her own. She had to come out kind of, we, we helped her out. We're like, you got a budget and you got to do this. And we talked her through some stuff, but halfway through, of you know, about probably about six months ago, we had to, we sat down again. I said, what do you mean you're struggling? Let's sit down. Let's refocus on this budget and really get to it. And her boyfriend came and sat down with her this time. I'm like, it's really important. You guys are on the same page. So we sat down and worked her whole budget and he really got into it. So just teaching them that kind of stuff is, is life changing. Yeah, absolutely. And by no means, am I, am I trying to say that my kids are going to be perfect at this because they're going to mess up. They will. I mean, I still mess up today. You know, it's just part of being human. I think it's just trying to give them like, like you said, Amber, it's trying to just give them as many tools as you possibly can uh, to make sure that they're ready. And again, yes, they're still going to make mistakes. They're still going to make the wrong choices. They still, oh my gosh, I'm waiting for the day that Noah brings home a credit card. <laughs> <laughs> It's going to be one of the worst days of my life. No. <laughs> but they still make may make some of those decisions. But at the end of the day, the idea is to lessen the blow because it can get pretty scary out there pretty quick for some of these kids. All right, we're going to take a real quick commercial break. We're going to come back with a few more points, and then we're going to do some celebration of the show. Stay tuned. Hey, if you love planners, this is for you. But do you know why planners frustrate me, though? Because they only get it half right. Now, sure, they're really fancy at helping you manage your time, which is really important. But where they get it wrong is money. Most planners don't include any financial planning. Things like keeping track of paydays, bills and due dates, spending, yearly expenses, budgets, cash flow planning, debt elimination plans, goal planning. And that's a real pain. Then you've got to go and create your own. And who's got time for all of that? So instead, what happens? Nothing. We ignore our finances even more and things only get worse. Well, that all ends right now today. I am so excited to announce the release of our brand new, totally awesome debt freedom planner. Now, before you say, Brad... I've already got a planner. Well, this is not your ordinary day planner. This debt freedom planner is a companion tool that works with your day planner to help you save more money, pay off more debt, and melt away financial stress. This is literally the tool that we've all been waiting for that works with your planner to help you take control of your money. 
So head on over to therealdebtfreedad.com. Click on the Debt Freedom Planner in the menu to get all the details to order your very own Debt Freedom Planner today. Hey guys, we are back. We are talking about how to teach your kids about money and personal finance and just sharing the basic principles that we talk about on this show. Hey guys, and I was just thinking while we were doing that commercial break, and um, one of the things that I kind of struggle with is uh, Noah and I, or Noah's, Noah's mom and me, um, obviously are, are divorced. So he spends 50% of his time with me and 50% of his time with her. And we didn't agree on money. <laughs> you know, it's just like <laughs> the whole idea of not using credit cards and debt. Like we didn't, we didn't agree with that. So that's the other hard part I'm kind of up against. And for you other divorced parents that are out there, I mean, this is where this can get challenging too, because he's going to get them. They're going to get mixed bags, right? They're going to, they're going to get a little bit of information over there and a little information over here. We all know who's right, but <laughs> at the end of the day, <laughs> I'm st- I'm dealing with that too. So for me, it's like that's why I'm like even more so. Just like again, not not trying to be annoying with it, but trying to bring it up as much as possible and just talk about all of these types of different things with him as he uh, as he gets older. So let's talk a little bit about some of the critical concepts. You know, how can you talk about budgeting and cash flow planning with kids? And we kind of already hit on this, but I think just allowing them to start using cash. So, you know, if you're giving them some work to do and you give them a payday, uh, have them sit down and sit down with them and figure out, okay, how do you want to divvy up this money? It should not be all going to spending because now you're creating a habit of whatever you have money, I'm going to spend it, right? So we want to create a habit of also doing what? Saving it. Also, think about giving it. Uh, Think about like Christmas presents or... um, birthday gifts or things like that. Then now they don't necessarily have to contribute all of their money to those things because let's be honest, they probably won't be able to afford to. But just having the ability to contribute to it will give them a sense of accomplishment and they'll start to understand the concepts of putting that money away to do those things. Also for something like giving, if you go to a local church and you give like an offering, things like that, they can easily take some of that money and give it as well. So again, it doesn't have to be super complicated it really can just be a couple of different things like Ryan mentioned earlier, just picking something that you're saving towards or, or whatever it be. And, and you can easily teach simple budgeting concepts at a young age. Definitely get them jars or something, you know, something visual that they could decorate and everything it could, depending on the age, but that could be something fun that they could do that can really make it a little more enjoyable to maybe save some of that money instead of spend it all on stuff. <laughs> Yeah, we we've really spent time uh, as our kids have gotten older when they're younger. I don't you know, I think that's harder. I agree. Something with the jars or something would probably be more fun for younger kids. But as our kids have gotten older, like introducing the envelope system for them has really helped because I think it's you know, they don't have a lot of like monthly expenses and, you know, they're not they don't have car payments and all these other things that other people do. So, um, you know, really, when they get paid, it's just like, what are you saving? What are you keeping? And then how are you divvying that up? And that's really been helpful um, for them to kind of figure out like, yes, you can still buy those shoes that we talked about, but now instead of like getting a big paycheck and you're going to buy them because you got a big paycheck, you're going to buy them because you save every time you get paid. And then every so often, then you have the money to pay for them. Those are all all fantastic and great ideas. And what about savings guys? What, What would you guys think? Um, 
or, or Ryan, what do you do for your kids for saving? Outside of just stuff, are, are you doing anything with them in the sense of long-term saving? Like, like you mentioned your oldest, you know, right now he's going to college and he's been saving and paying cash for that. But what about, what about your younger two? Are they, are you kind of getting them ready for that or, or how's that working? Yeah. So the, well, the oldest is working, but we also got him started on his, the company they have, they have a, like a match for anything he puts into a Roth IRA. So we had him start that right away. So we made him do, I said, you'll, you'll never miss it. Just do it. You'll never miss it. You know, and I kind of sat down and calculated out like, hey, if you just save this, just this much for the next six, you know, 50 years you're working, this is what, and he was just like, what? And I'm like, yes, that's the, <laughs> like, just, it's not that much money, you know, in the grand scheme of things. Um, but as far as the other two, it's more um, like they're getting, I mean, they just got jobs and I, and I can't say that's right for all families and in all kids and all situations, but my youngest is 15. He just got his first job at Chick-fil-A. Um my daughter's been working Chick-fil-A. We've, we've kind of set like, Hey, you need to save at least half of what you get every time. Just it goes in the savings account. I don't care if you got a big check or a little check, if you worked more in the summer or whatever, half of it goes in there. And that's what we did with our son. And he was able to kind of create those, you know, habits and then just continue doing that in the summer. He's, he works like crazy and he's able to save a ton more. Um, so that's, that's just really what we've, and again, I know our, we're different. I mean, Tennessee is different. You know, we have two years of free community college that people can go to. It's not the same in other States. I know it is different um, than it is in other States. So we do have some advantages when it comes to that. Uh, but just that habit of saving and continually to save. I know my daughter has, a, you know, again, I think at this point close to a few, you know, three grand saved and she's got another, you know, few years before she actually has to pay for college. And that's just by working a part-time job at Chick-fil-A during school. Those are the, some of the same things, obviously, that we're going to start, we're going to start doing with, with our kids. Obviously, you know, again, Noah's only 10. So, you know, his savings goals, you know, it's like if he likes, like we go to the campground, he likes to go up to the arcade and he likes to buy different things at the camp store. And so like he, he saves up for those types of things. But on the other side, uh, we started saving for them like long-term. So what we decided to do is buy our kids less stuff and we actually took money and we, we were already investing money into them to give them an early start on whatever it is that they want to start. My hope is that it's going to be a retirement account. And now that Noah's 10, going to be 11, I've started to show him some of that because when he gets birthday money, when he gets Christmas money, he doesn't get all of that. We split it in half. Half of it goes in his investment account and the other half goes into his kind of split up kind of piggy banks and jars that he's got. Uh, but I've been starting to share that amount with him and it's been growing considerably. Uh, he he has more money at his age right now than I ever did when I was in my, <laughs> or my even late 20s, early 30s, crying out loud. <laughs> I mean, but, uh, you know, it's, it's as he gets older though, my, my hope is that just by telling him very much like you said, Ryan, just saving, and it's not a lot. We don't save a lot every month. It's It's minimal. But by putting that minimal amount every month over the 18 years he's a child, and if he just continues that until he's retirement age, he's not going to have anything to worry about. And it's just getting that established and then also getting the principles and all of these kind of uh, concepts and things established as, as a child. We're hoping that he'll take that and just put in that amount every month and uh, he'll have nothing to worry about. That's that's the goal. Yeah, we got started 
too late on that. <laughs> <laughs> we, we started for our granddaughter right away. <laughs> so yeah. my kids get the short end of the stick. Sorry, you got to pay for it all. <laughs> you got to do it yourself. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, my, our daughter did the same thing going through school, though, um, and a part time job. She saved a bunch of it and uh, we, we taught her that. But then what was that? Whatever was left in her bank, she would spend. So took her to a bookstore once. She loves reading. We get to the cash. She goes to use her debit card and it declines. And I, I kind of like looked at her. I said, oh, I thought you had money in there. I thought I did too. Oh, well, I guess you got to go and check that out and rethink that. And she kind of looked at me like, well, aren't you going to buy this book for me? And I'm like, let's go. And we left the store without the book. <laughs> and I said, you better go back through your bank account and check out what that is. And uh, so she found out she overspent somewhere. Yep. But it's I I was the mean parent that day. Yeah, <laughs> that taught her the mean lesson. <laughs> well, let's talk about that because the next point is 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 kind of talking in in having our kids use cash as much as possible. Now, again, I know we're in the middle of COVID and you can't use much cash right now. Okay, well, let, well, let's let's imagine we're out of this, which we will eventually, and that we can use cash and we will be able to use cash. I think that's where, you know, cash is a great teaching tool to help with a lot of the things that we're talking about. Uh, again, even especially at, uh, you know, younger ages, we talked about, you know, having the cash fill up in the, in the, in the bottles and in the jars and being able to see that. But even as Ryan, you mentioned the envelope system and using cash is just a great tool to get a really good relationship with money. I, I see it time and time again, especially with parents who do that with their kids. Now you might say, well, shouldn't I introduce a debit card? Cause a, a debit card in plastic is inevitable. Well, sure it is. Absolutely. And, and I think there comes a time where you're going to have to introduce that because as an adult, they're, they're going to have one. So you're, you're going to have to teach them how to use that and how to balance that against their bank account. Uh, and Ryan, maybe you could talk about that because obviously my kids aren't to the age where they can have a debit card yet. But do your kids have debit cards being that they're working and, and jobs and all that too? Yeah, the older two have debit cards. Okay. Um, and they, they dread, they dread, or it's not happened in a while now, but they would dread the uh, we need to talk conversations. Because I'm, a, I, you know, my oldest is older now, so I'm not on his account anymore. But my when they were younger, I'm on their accounts. You know, so I get the statements. And so it was always fun to be like, all right, why don't you sit down and I want you to highlight everything you spent on Xbox this month. <laughs> and so, yes, they do have them, but the hundred percent they're, they're dangerous. Um, they don't, it's just like any, it's just like any of us. If you don't have good financial habits, swiping the card, it's just my daughter loves to go to Chick-fil-A. She works at Chick-fil-A. I, I don't know how she eats it as much as she does, but we have conversations with her. Hey, I, I feel like you're spending too much. Like, do you know how much you're actually spending? Okay. It's time to break out that statement and let's highlight. Like you realize you spent a hundred dollars on food last month, you know, that sort of stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah. No way. Did I mean, she? No, a hundred percent. When my, when my oldest and, and, and I, I mean, I don't, you know, I don't want to, call my kids out too much. But when my oldest was working and when he was in high school, I mean, there were times he spent, you know, three, $400 in one month on Xbox stuff. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I was just like, I mean, it was his money. Yeah, I mean, right, it's right. not my money. So I'm not mad like that. He took my money, but I'm just like, what are you doing? Like, 
he's well, you know, I'm just, you know, I've been working all summer and I'm working a lot. I'm like, no, like, no, <laughs> you know, so we had to have those conversations. Oh know? my but gosh. Again, I have, I'm not ready for my kid to grow up. <laughs> oh yeah. It's, there's been a lot of, uh, our youngest, I don't, like I said, our youngest, uh, right just the other day he's he's like uh, yeah i want to get this game or whatever he's like yeah i got money i'm like where do you get this money from he's like oh yeah i still have it from christmas so he still has money <laughs> left over that he got from christmas and my other two they're they're great i mean like i said my son is saved for school he, he's starting to learn the concept of getting out on his own but yeah teaching them that's just to me that's part of it you know i don't there's part of me that doesn't like to like pull out a statement and like, oh, I don't really want to yell at them about this, but <laughs> I don't know how you teach them. I mean, you just like, you know, I think when you do that, they realize like, holy, like, I don't, cause otherwise it's the, we teach our, you know, you teach your roots members mm -hmm. and people the same thing, yeah. print out your statements. Yep. So you see what you're spending. Yeah. And I think our kids have no concept until it's staring them in the face and they're like, holy crap, I didn't realize I spent that. Cause a debit card, you just swipe, swipe, swipe. Right. Or if it's on something, you just click purchase and yep, you just yep. buy it the last point we want to bring up here today is just in and i think we kind of hit on this throughout this whole podcast episode is just to teach your kids and show your kids to think different than what popular society is and and i think that only can happen by having regular open conversations about money and personal finance and and teaching them that debt isn't a necessity that you don't have to have a credit card if you don't want to. You really don't have to have car payments if you don't want to. You could pay cash for cars. And and if you don't want to go into debt for college, you don't have to do that either. You're going to have to kind of come up with a unique way of going, but you can make it happen. You're going to have to work hard, but you can make it happen. Uh, you don't have to live in debt your whole entire life. You can teach them to live different. And uh, I think that's one of the most important things that we can share. I think that's been, and I'll be honest, I mean, that is hard. That's hard for, I think that's been harder for my kids to deal with is when all their friends are going away to school and all their friends are getting cars and all this sort of stuff. It, when you're young, it just feels like, I don't want to be different. <laughs> this <laughs> yeah. sucks. Like I don't, you know, I mean, my, my son's choice would, I think he would have rather gone to university of Wisconsin or would have been gone to Florida, you know? And it's like, Okay, but here's the deal. It's like 25 grand if you stay here and you live with your boring mom and dad, or it's like 160 grand if you go down there. Like, I mean, I can't tell you what to do, but you're going to be like so far ahead of everybody. If you just go here and pay, even yep. if you took out like a, like a few grand in a debt, you're going to be so far ahead of where anybody is nowadays yep. compared like to watch people go away to school. And I'm like, if you were going to be a doctor, I could get behind you, you know? <laughs> you know so right. I think that's, it's just, that's the challenge. It's like, depending on what he was going for. I mean, I just, that's just been a huge thing for me. And, and, and he's, he doesn't like it. I mean, he sits down here, we get into our things. He's going to be 21. Trust me, he would love to not be here. And we would love sometimes for him not to be here. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, he, he's do he's realizing, you know, that this is for the best for him. And when he graduates in a year and a half or, you know, he's going to walk away with a degree and nothing to have to worry about paying back or putting in forbearance and all that other stuff. Yeah. No question. I, if, man, if I could just give him a sneak peek into the stuff that we do here, <laughs> I mean, and all the people that say that they wish they wouldn't have done what he wishes he would have done. <laughs> right. I, oh, wish, I wish I would have done that. Yeah. I was given, I was offered. 
Stay home. We'll pay half your college. You just pay the rest of it. Oh no. Just go get a loan. Yeah. Live live outside of the home. Let's just rack up more debt. Yeah. I wish I didn't do it. We mentioned this on this show. It's like, you know, the older you get, it doesn't get easier. It gets harder. And uh, going and graduating with that kind of debt, it's it's just it it makes it it's debilitating for so many people, um, and it causes a lot of stress. So, anyways, between our last episode and this episode, we've given you some great information. Yes, schools need to be a part of educating our kids about personal finance, but most importantly, that education needs to start right at home with you and your family around the dinner table and having these conversations as awkward as they can be and as painful as they can be, uh, they need to happen. And I think your kids will thank you in the long run uh, for teaching them and showing them a lot of this stuff that I wish I would have been shown how to do when I was younger. Hey, hey, what's this I see? I thought this was a party. Let's dance! All right, that's how it means it's time for the celebrations of the show, and we're going to kick it off with Jess Frazier, drafted my August budget, put another $200 towards my savings, and paid off a $250 ER bill this week. Great job, Jess. Chantal Perot bought a new gas-powered pressure washer off a buy-and-sell site for $300 less than the brand new one, and it was still in the box. Paid off over $1,300 in debt this week. That is awesome. By the way, yeah, that's a great way uh, to save a lot of money is just buying. It's not even used, though. No. (laughs) It was just bought. I love those deals. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, Dory Nurse, I've been doing the hashtag Roots15, reviewing our statements from last month and yesterday. I found a duplicate transaction. I got my 120 bucks back in my pocket. Woo-hoo. Yeah, that's awesome. Way to go, Dory. And uh, that Roots 15 is just all about spending 15 minutes a day on your finances. And, and part of that is doing our five daily financial to-dos. And one of those is just reviewing your bank account. And like Dory did, she found a mistake and was able to recapture that 120 bucks. So that's awesome. All right, up next, Joanne Raul's August budget done. September halfway made a big dent in on one of my cards and managed to save money on my air conditioner. Put that money into my emergency fund. Great job, Joanne. Uh, Gwen Guayona, I am so second guessing what I purchase and am hearing Brad's voice in my head. I am getting very aware of the money going out. <laughs> awesome. Way to go, Gwen. And sorry about that, by the way, but hey, I'm glad I'm holding you accountable <laughs> to your financial goals. That's what it's all about. So, Thanks for hanging out with us here today. We love your feedback, and it also helps us grow our podcast. So please leave us an honest review on Apple Podcasts. We read every single one of those. And as you know, the Debt-Free Dad Podcast is here to help you live a happier and stress-free financial life. So if you know someone who could benefit from our show, please give us a share. We appreciate you, and we will see you on an upcoming episode. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Debt-Free Dad Podcast. For more free resources to kick debt and financial stress, head over to therealdebtfreedad.com.